You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. A uh, The timing is good because as of last night, the Stanley Cup playoffs just ended and we have a back-to-back champion with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, I'm joined today by one of the greatest players in the history of the game of hockey, sport of hockey, I game or sport. I don't know what to call it there. But um, he is... To each, to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> Well, he is, uh, among other things, he's a member of the Triple Gold Club, which means you won an Olympic gold medal, World Championship gold medal, and a Stanley Cup. He's one of the only defensemen to win the Hart Memorial Trophy, the MVP, alongside Bobby Orr, which is a name that a lot of people know. Even if you don't follow hockey, you probably know that name. And he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and I, since I've joined Links, I've learned that he is an avid golfer as well because he interacts with us a ton on Instagram. And his name is Chris Pronger. Chris, what's going on today? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How much do you miss, um, you know, watching hockey and watching the season end last night? How much do you miss the game? And have you is is golf? It seems like you love golf. Is that kind of filled the void of of competitive? your competitive nature and juices? Yeah, I try not to get too competitive on the golf course. <laughs> number one, I'm not good enough. <laughs> uh, number two, you know what? I just like being outside. I like, you know, the, the, the peaceful nature of being on the golf course. And uh, before my knee, you know, I used to walk a fair amount. Now I'm cart. I'm strictly cart only. Um, I'm, I'm technically not on the senior tour, but <laughs> I feel like I am. <laughs> um I, uh, you know what, I, I like being out there just, you know, having good bonding time with uh, those like-minded folks that like playing golf, like having a good time and uh, ribbing each other out there and, and watching good golf. And, and, you know, really, it kind of fills the void of the locker room more so than, than the competitive side where you're out there talking about life, talking about sports uh, and, and just enjoying one another's company. Yeah. When did you start? playing golf did you did you pick it up Ooh. before in your youth or was this an, an oh yeah hockey? no I was a avid golfer uh, as a junior uh, I probably started playing when I was five and I'm a lefty so back then in Canada there wasn't a lot of left golf clubs so it was uh, you know I had a I think I had three or four golf clubs in my bag and uh, um, you know I was I lived right over the hill from our little nine hole golf course back home in Dryden Ontario so we were there every day. I'd play, you know, 36, 54, uh, you know, we'd get up in the morning, ride our bikes over there, play golf, uh, you know, have lunch, play golf, uh, occasionally have dinner, play some late night golf. Uh, so that was kind of, uh, something that, that was an everyday occurrence and something that we did, uh, uh, probably up until I was about 12. Yeah. Well, hopefully and hockey once... and other things started getting in the way. Yeah. 
hopefully once Mike Weir wins the Masters, then you start seeing more left-handed clubs in Canada. Did you continue to play while you were uh, playing in the NHL and, and professionally? I, I, pl- I took it back up. I missed probably four summers. You know, I was away on different hockey tournaments and training and doing different things. I uh, got drafted, and then I picked it up again, started playing – uh, a little more frequently in the summers. Uh, I got injured, uh, uh, I think year five of uh, here in St. Louis. And, you know, I broke my wrist, uh, broke my hand, had some dumb issues and some, some things like that from just playing. And, and really I had to take probably five years off of playing where it just hurt too much to swing. And, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that's a digger. I take big divots and uh, with a bad wrist, that, that's not good. Taking big divots and having a bad wrist, they're not, uh, they don't go hand in hand, so to speak. And uh, it was uh, not a pretty sight on the golf course when I was uh, in pain like that. So I just, I didn't play for a while. And then as, you know, the, the wrist started to feel a bit better, hands started feeling a bit better. I got back into it and, um, you know, was able to play a, a lot more and, and, have a lot more fun out there. It seems like a lot of hockey players are naturally good at the game of golf. Why do you think that is just the, the kind of the motions, the skill set? does that translate? Well, I think, I think the hand-eye coordination, I think the, you know, it's a, it's a similar motion. It's not the same, but it's similar. Uh, the repetitive nature of the swing and, you know, shooting a puck. Uh, and, and then I just think we get our summers off. So guys, you know, they go work out and then they go play golf, you know, know, they're either on the lake or they go play golf and, you know, enjoy the day and get outside. In your professional career, you, in the NHL, you went from Hartford to St. Louis, Edmonton, Anaheim and Philadelphia. Which of those cities do you think either has the best golf or you, you played the most golf in and enjoyed the sport? I, you know what, when I was playing, I really didn't play a lot of golf. Mm. Uh, I was more focused on uh, the season, focused on, you know, staying, staying sharp, staying, uh, preparing myself for, for the game. Um, you know, obviously when you look at Philly and you look at the golf courses that are in that area with Pine Valley and Marion and um, I mean, it's a laundry, the golf mills. I mean, there's a laundry list of, of courses that, old and new that, uh, are, are amazing golf courses. So, uh, Philly was probably of the areas that I've lived in when I played probably the, the place that had the most prestigious and, and, and I mean, hardest, uh, golf courses. Uh, but, uh, obviously being in Anaheim lived on a golf course there, Shady Canyon, um, here in St. Louis, you got Bell Reeve, you got Old Warson, you got Boone Valley, um, you got St. Louis Country Club. So you have a lot of uh, different styles of golf courses, which I think is unique to, to our area here in St. Louis. Um, you know, from, from Boone Valley and, and the hills to St. Louis, how tight it is and, and you know, uh, CB McDonald. And, you know, so you, you kind of walk through the different styles of courses, the different architects and designers. Um, you get a really good mix here. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Hartford uh, obviously played a little bit at uh, where they have the travelers and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I would compare probably St. Louis and Philly were similar in, in 
types of golf courses and, and kind of the, the broad array of styles, uh, that you could play. Yeah. Have you gotten into like the architectural aspect of golf or are you, are you big into that? I, I wouldn't say I'm big into it, but, but I, I appreciate it a little bit more now, uh, understanding, uh, and having played more golf courses that, you know, have that old world feel versus the new world feel and, and the new designers that take a little bit from those old school designers of, of yesteryear. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, my favorite place to play is obviously out in, in Monterey and, you know, Cypress and Pebble and, uh, Spyglass and, you know, can't beat that, you know, from, from the views to, to the architecture and, and how you, the first time I played Cypress, you know, you're looking, you see, see the bunkering. And then you look back from the green to the tee, you can't see the bunkers. You know, it's, it's pretty impressive to think how long ago that course was built and, to think of, of the ways in which he designed it. And, but the way the bunkering, you, you, you just look back, you see the water, you can't see the bunkers. It's, it's to be able to have done that back when it was built is, uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, I looked back through your Instagram. I saw you posted at one point of your, the favorite courses of yours. And you talked about Pine Valley, you talked about Cypress. I know you played the, the old course, uh, what else ranks up in there amongst the favorite places you've played? Uh, I played uh, Royal County Down, was spectacular. Uh, enjoyed Valley Bunyan, La Hinch, um, Port Marnock was was <laughs> probably the most uh, Ireland of of rounds we had, where it was blowing about forty miles an hour, and we had torrential downpour. It was probably one of the only times playing over in, in Ireland, Scotland, where people were actually walking off the golf course. Typically, you never see that, but it was so bad that people were walking off the course. So uh, we gutted it out, and actually, it, in typical fashion, it cleared up a little bit, and um, you know we we're still wet, but it, uh, we were able to finish our round. Amongst your travel experiences, is that is that up there at the top, Ireland, or is there another place you'd also like to go? Yeah, you know, I've been to I've been to Bandon Dunes, I've been to Cabot, uh, up in Nova Scotia. You know, I've been fortunate enough to go to some pretty unique places. Uh, Ireland, it, it's pretty hard to beat, uh, just from the style of golf, the conditions. You could go there in December and get the same conditions you get in August. You know, it's it's crazy right. to think, but um, you know, there's there's no real technically season over there <laughs> you never know what you're going to get it's very similar to, to pebble i've played at pebble right before christmas at one time and it was 65 degrees and beautiful mm -hmm. and you know you go in the you go in uh you know late spring you might get a you know 30 mile an hour wind and you know a little torrential downpour and so it you, you never know what you're going to get which i think is the the interesting part of it you got to be prepared and make sure you're uh, dressed accordingly. <laughs> yeah. And you almost kind of want that. I would think at least one of your rounds, if you're going to go to Ireland, like, yeah. let me get a taste of that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you consider to be, you have all these achievements in hockey. What do you consider to be your greatest golf achievement? Uh, I broke par once. Uh, and <laughs> And think, think of this. This is crazy. I'm coming up 18. I was three under. I hit a perfect drive. I hit a perfect second shot. 
and the green was three tiered, I four putted for a double. <laughs> <laughs> Just limping I in. Under. <laughs> <laughs> I limp. Well, I limped in, I guess, on the green. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that was my best round of my life. I was just dialed in and I just, everything was working. Potter was working every, you know, I was hitting it fairly consistently in the middle of the face of the club. And, uh, you know, it just was, uh, I was lights out that day and have yet to get back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where was that? What course was that on? That was at uh, Shady Canyon in, uh, in Orange County. Okay. Gotcha. Um, is there a comparable, you know, I talked to a sports psychologist on a different podcast about this idea of being in the zone. It sounds like that's where you were that day. Is, is there a comparable feeling when you're on the ice? Like, what does it mean to be in the zone in the middle of a hockey game? No, absolutely. There is. I mean, there's times throughout the course of the season where you feel great and everything just comes easy and the game slows down and it's simple. It doesn't matter what gets thrown at you, you know, what's going on in the game. It's just easy. And then there's other times when you're just not feeling good. You're not feeling right. It's just, you're fighting it and you're trying to simplify your game as much as possible just to kind of get through until you get that feeling back. Uh, you know, in golf, it's the same thing. You feel like your swings grooved one day. It's, it feels good. You're getting into the right position and you're making good contact. The next day you're like, I don't even know how to golf. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, the, I guess the fun, fun part. And the, and the crazy part of golf is that it, you know, it can drive people bananas and you see, you know, tour guys tweaking their swings and, and trying to, you know, people, the, the lay person doesn't know what they're, what they're trying to fix, but they do. And, and what type of shot they're trying to fix or trying to hit. And, uh, you know, that's part of the craft and part of, uh, of uh, being elite and being at that highest level. Yeah. I know you, so you live in St. Louis now um, still, and one of the places you played hockey. And I saw you also, you hosted a, a charity golf tournament recently or helped put on the, with the alumni from the blues. Um, how long has that been going on and, and what do you guys do for that every year? Yeah, they, uh, um, since I came back, uh, obviously got a little bit more involved with the alumni. Um, you know, it's, it's to raise money for, uh, the alumni, which is a 5013C that then donates to kids hockey programs, you know, local businesses, uh, you know, we started a fund during COVID to, to help local businesses. So it, it really kind of runs the gamut with, with what the organization is involved in, what, what the alumni is trying to do. And then ultimately do do good in the community and, and help those uh, less fortunate to, to have an opportunity to play hockey, play sport, uh, and then obviously help some some local businesses uh, along the way. Very cool. I think uh, I saw you, you certainly play a lot at Old Warson. I don't know if you belong there, but um, yep. old RTJ course, that was, of course, the 1971 Ryder Cup host. What's, what's it like to play there on a regular basis? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's in great shape. Um, it's a fun golf course to play. I mean, there's always, you know, as much as you learn the little nooks and crannies, uh, there's always something new for me to figure out a different angle. Uh, you know, whether your swing is grooved or not, <laughs> um, but, uh, greens are in fabulous, fabulous shape. We've redesigned, uh, a couple holes on the, on the, the, the back 
three holes or we moved 16 green closer to the water, getting it more uh, back to the original design, change 17 to be a much longer par three. Uh, it's from the tips, it's like 240, 245. And then uh, moved 18T back uh, probably 20 or 30 yards to make it a, a much more demanding tee shot and second shot into the green where you're probably hitting a, you know, you hit a good drive, you might be hitting a six or seven iron in instead of a nine or a wedge. So it just it's a little, makes it a little bit more demanding uh, home stretch. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's just some really unique holes that I find playing it if I can get through the first five holes, one over, two over, I'm going to have a good day uh, just with how demanding some of those holes are. Yeah. Well, that was done on like the past few years. The, the yeah, it was done uh, like a year and a half ago. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Um, nowadays, uh, how are you spending your time? I know you and your wife have a luxury travel business. Is that the majority of your, your professional life now? Yeah, it takes up uh, pretty much all my time, you know, outside <laughs> of, uh, you know, dealing with kids and, and uh, you know, watching sporting events and things like that, uh, uh, that they're involved in. No, it's been, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. It's great to uh, uh, build a business with my wife and, and uh, kind of see her vision through and and kind of help guide and steer uh, steer us in in the right direction with what we want to do with our core values and and uh, where we see the best fit for our clients and how we can help them uh, create travel experiences that are going to allow them to uh, uh, whether it's with their family with business uh, allow them to get the, the the best experiences and and the most value out of uh, what they're trying to do and we're relationship driven. We, we, we really want to get to know our clients on a more personal level and really kind of peel back the onion to, to understand what's going on in their life. Uh, our, our clients are, you know, typically athletes, entertainers, C-level executives, business owners, uh, high net worth family offices. And, and the really, the reason for that specific, uh, funnel of clientele is that's what we know. That's who we know. We, we have a unique ability to understand the demands in their time, the pressures of the job, the fame, the fortune, the uh, pressure on home life, stress on kids. Um, you know, we've been in their shoes. We understand exactly what they're dealing with. And so uh, we're able to really kind of dig in and understand on a much deeper level how we can best serve them and help them create uh, lifelong experiences with their family, with their spouse, um, you know, whether it's creating a, a corporate retreat for the leadership team of a specific company. Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of do a lot of different things, but it's all centered around health and wellness, the healing powers of travel and the mind, body, spirit, and how uh, we can incorporate that into uh, everything that we do for the most part. Obviously that's not all we do, but it's, it's a, a big portion of it. Yeah. It's amazing. So does, I looked through some sample itineraries and, and, um, and kind of what you can do at, at different destinations. How often does golf get inserted into that fold? It seems like at a lot of these places that becomes part of someone's travel. Yeah, there's, yeah. You know, I think people want to know uh, where certain golf courses are in relation to where they're going. Uh, their itinerary might be centered around playing certain golf courses yet. They want to be able to, 
you know, have a good spa, have a great culinary experience, uh, you know, some adventure, what have you, whether it's ocean, whether it's mountain, um, you know, so I think it, it, it's really important to have those conversations and understand uh, what people's interests are, uh, how important something specifically is to them so that you can then curate the itinerary based around uh, interest level uh, and, and really kind of how that piece of, of the itinerary fits into the overarching, uh, I guess, ex travel experience and, and what, what their goal is for that specific trip. You know, it, it, it can be a, a couple's trip. It can be a, you know, a family vacation. Maybe, maybe the kids play golf and, it, you know, you're trying to incorporate all that in, into one. So, it, it really just boils down to having a conversation and, and, and really kind of getting to know uh, specific brands. If people are into boutique properties or they like a specific brand or they don't like something, you got to get to know them uh, to understand the types of properties they like staying in. And then you're able to put new properties and, and, and new destinations in front of them that will appeal to, to what they're looking for. Circling back, I know we, Talking about the Stanley Cup, and we mentioned the Ryder Cup was at Old Warson, and we got the Ryder Cup this year um, up in Wisconsin. I don't know why I was blanking yeah, on that. Yeah, Kohler. Yeah. Going to Kohler. Yeah. Is there a uh, a sporting event in, in golf, one of the, the big majors um, that you want to go to, or do you, do you have one that you've been to that really made an impression on you? Uh, let me think. I don't know if I've been to a major. Uh, it, it, my, my parents actually were in Augusta with my wife's parents uh, the year Mike Weir won. Really? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever been. Oh, I've been to the – I was at the PGA when Brooks Kepka won here at Bell Reef. Bell Reef, yeah. That, that was uh, – you know what? They, they did an, uh, an amazing job. Uh, I was talking to one of the, uh, one of the people with – the PGA the next day. Cause I was, I played, I played Bell Reeve the next day in a corporate outing and uh, they were worried that there were too many people at the event. That's the, that's the type of support that they got the scene around 18 when tiger was finishing, it was like 50 deep. It was yeah. crazy. And then obviously Kepka doing what he did on the way in and, and, and finishing the deal. Uh, it was pretty impressive, but uh, it was, it was jammed, which, uh, I don't know if they were ready for the type of support that they were going to get, but uh, they got it. It was, uh, it was uh, a sight to see. Yeah. Do you keep a running count of all the courses you've played at all? Do you, do you keep a tally or collector's items, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, to a certain point, yeah. I mean, I know the, the, the courses that I've played. I know um, the bucket list courses that I want to play that I – uh, you know, if I happen to be in a certain destination, I want to, you know, try to play one uh, or two, if depending upon the, the location, um, you know, it, it takes time. It's, you know, I got, well, hopefully got a lot more time, Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, yeah, there's, I mean, I've played a lot of the top 100 courses. Um, some of them I haven't just because of where they're located, but uh you know, at some point you get, you get around to them and, and, uh, uh, you know, you get the opportunity to play and you, you jump on it. What's on the top of that bucket list of 
the ones you want to play? Hmm. Or do That's you have one question. you're crossing off soon? You yeah. Uh, no, you know what? I haven't booked any golf because of uh, my knee. So I haven't even really, right. honestly, I haven't even thought about it. I haven't, I kind of just have golf in the back burner right now because of, uh, I don't want to tease myself too bad. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Have you been out to, yeah. uh, to big Cedar there in Missouri? Uh, I have, uh, I was there about a year and a half ago before, uh, the national and Payne's Valley were open. Uh, they were just finishing up, uh, the, the build, but, uh, they, that, I mean, that place looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's a home run right there. It, those courses are outstanding. Yeah. They, that kind of put Missouri on the, the map in terms of being like a destination. I, I know St. Louis is obviously probably the, the biggest yeah. tourist attraction, but uh, what they're building out there in terms of family oriented resort and then now really yeah. great golf has, has yeah. certainly. They, they do a great the- job there. Big Cedar does a really nice job. Yeah. And now with, with the golf, I'm sure they'll figure out some lodging out probably by the golf courses as well and turn that into a, a bit of a destination as well. They added some cabins um, overlooking like the first hole of Payne's Valley. So that's brand new. Because um, oh, I know golf lodging was something that they were kind yeah. of missing missing out on. Yeah. So yeah. Things are looking good. Um, my last thing for you, and, awesome. and I don't even know if this is a thing, but – I, uh, I'm a big fan of, of the hockey slang and different, <laughs> different terms for different things. The terminology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, like letter Kenny is one of my favorite shows. Like, I just like the, the slang they spit out and have to look up things <laughs> half the time, but you gotta, you don't know what they're saying. <laughs> it, a lot of times I'm like, I context clues are usually you pick up on it, but Sometimes you have to look it up. So I was wondering if there was certain hockey slang that may like apply on the golf course. And if you, you incorporate that at all into your, your chirping with your, your buddies at all. Like I, I looked up a couple examples that might fit. So like in terms of like a really like hard shot, maybe that you just, you mash one, maybe that's a a howitzer or or a laser beam right at the the hole there. (laughs) Laser. Yeah. That was a laser. (laughs) <laughs> maybe you duff one you you hit a muffin up there uh this is um, true there's another one yep could have a golf partner or somebody you're playing against that's standing on their head you know making yes. putts out, out of nowhere yes. but um playing lights out right and then i don't know if there's a <laughs> if there's a slang term for the golf ball like biscuit for the puck that could apply for the golf ball is there anything yeah you could that, you could use that you could yeah. use that yeah, I, I, you know, laser's a big one. Um, rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think here. What else? Uh, you drain a long putt. You went five hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Um, let's see here. What else? Uh, I, I, some of it's probably not uh, meant for. Not PG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not PG. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of locker room talk. How about that? We'll leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, perfect. Uh, I, I'm going to keep going down the list and, and try to incorporate it into my 
There you go. Daily Perfect. Surprise I love people. It. But hey, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for being a fan of links and engaging with our you stuff. I, I hope we can inspire you to to keep adding to your bucket list. But also hope the knee gets better so you can get back out there and and maybe Thank we'll you. cross paths at some point. But but thanks for joining you the bet. pod. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me.